Hello and welcome everybody to the first ever L2 Sports Podcast. I am your host, Lucas Curtelli, and as always, my partner in crime, Mr. Luca Moya, is alongside me via a Zoom. So before we get to him, before we get started, I just want to set the record straight so our fans out there don't get confused. Yes, us two, Luca and Lucas, were part of the Luca and Lucas show, but it's 2021 and we came up with a new name called L2 Sports and we just wanted to rebrand. So now to introduce my partner in crime, Mr. Luca Moya, how have you been? I haven't seen you in person in such a long time. What have you been up to? Nothing. And I wish I can say more, but absolutely nothing. Obviously, a hard times going on right now, but I'm glad you told the people that were on Zoom, you know, you don't want to get fined or anything like that. I mean, who knows what these rules are now nowadays, but I'm just you know excited to get something going again. I mean, sports are back on, hockey, football is nearing an end. It's the best time of year, you know, besides everything that's going on. Perfect. So let's get right into it, Luca. And since we're doing things differently here on the L2 Sports Podcast, I'm going to send it to you. What do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about football or do you want to talk hockey first? Wow. This is different. I, I like put you on the already. spot. I put you on yeah. the spot. Uh, you know, let's talk about the Leafs since they're playing right now. Um, I, yeah. All right, why not? All right. I mean, hockey, that's, that's... hockey with the bubble, no fans suck though, eh? Oh yeah, I I just find it a little weird. Even the in the NBA games, I find like the atmosphere yeah. is just it's just not there. I know they have the fake crowd noise getting pumped in, but it it just doesn't sound it doesn't sound right. No, I mean, don't you want to see Matthews? You know, lift the crest uh, up to the fans. Like that's what brings it. I was watching the other night when they play Montreal when Nylander scoring the power play. I'm like, like that's it. Like, okay, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> sure, you're right. And First I one of the year, the juniors, especially the world yeah. juniors, like the hype of having your hometown crowd there when you score. And it, it just, you didn't have that feeling or that, that, that hypeness in your body to be like, Holy crap, you just scored. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy, but you know, it, it's weird though, because in some sports like soccer, like I've kind of gotten used to it, mm-hmm. but in hockey and stuff and basketball, like the atmosphere is just way different. It just, it doesn't feel the same at all. So I'm hoping fans can return back soon because I can't see another Austin Matthews bar down goal without a celly. <laughs> exactly. I just can't do it. I know. You're right. So let's get into these Toronto Maple Leafs. And before we get started, I have a little gripe with them. I had this conversation yeah. with my father yesterday at dinner and he was giving me he was giving me some attitude saying, why are you so hard on the Leafs? It's only three games in. And this is what this is what I had to tell him. My gripe with the Leafs is their their lack of effort, I have to say, or lack of Still. urgency. Still. Okay. And he was saying three games in, blah, 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 new team, all this. We've been dealing with the same problem, the Toronto Maple Leafs, as fans for over three years. Having our team come out flat, having teams like Ottawa, who are predicted to become last in that North Division, outplay you the entire game. Especially when you're paying John Tavares, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, over $10 million. You expect that they show some oomph, I, I have to say, to like, what ne- what do you need to get ready for the game? Hockey's finally back. You're playing your second game of the season. You're playing your first game of the season, blah, blah, blah. And you just come out flat. Like, if I was me, I'd be so jacked up, be ready to go, getting deep in those corners, throwing hits, getting myself into the game. But I just don't see this with the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
And I, it, and I've been, they playing well against Winnipeg tonight. They're up, they're up to one. They have over 30 shots on Connor Hellebuck. He's keeping Winnipeg in the game, but it's just, it's just the same constant thing I see with the Toronto Maple Leafs, this lack of urgency, this lack of effort. And I'm wondering, do you see the same thing? Yeah, there shouldn't be any excuses pointed out. And I'm not saying that this, you should give them a pass for this, but we just talked about it, the fans, man. Like when the fans are in the stadium, you're buzzing. Like when you hear, you know, the introduction of your name being called, it's not the same when you don't have people screaming your name. Now I'm not making excuses because these guys are being paid, like you said, north of $10 million. And it's not just the big three. It's everyone on the team. They're all millionaires, right? Or mm-hmm. they've made millions of dollars in their career already. But the fans, man, like that just pumps the, the boys going. That's what really gets them going. <laughs> you think man. it's like, just get... the fans. We had fans three years ago, and we're still having this problem. Well, listen, I, I think they, they addressed some needs in the offseason. And, yeah, Brody's played on the right side. I still think they should have got a right-handed defenseman, no matter how many years Brody has played on that side. Because, you know, the little things in hockey, Lucas, mm-hmm. it's about taking a puck on your backhand opposed to your forehand when it goes around the boards, right? It's just little things like that I thought they should have addressed. But you're bringing a guy like Zach Bogosian who teared up Boston in the playoffs. I had to mm-hmm. witness that. <laughs> he, he's a good shutdown D. He, he, he can do his job. VC's a big, strong guy Simmons he took a fight I don't know why Shabbat took that fight but we're gonna leave that for another day and Joe Thornton's playing on the first line <laughs> I never thought I'd hear that in my life again but I mean, they're doing some things I think they are playing better but Freddie Freddie always gets off to a slow start to the year he's getting off to a slow start again he's in a contract year I think you got to ride him out he's been basically your backbone of your team for these years mm-hmm. and now I think the Leafs are getting better but I think they're just still a young team that every time a weak goal goes in, they just get decimated, man. They just they don't have those guys to be like, okay, let's pick them up. Like John Tavares is a great captain, but besides him, I don't see anybody on that team saying, guys, let's go here. It's one goal. We'll get it back. You know, Freddie's done all this for us. It just seemed like every time they land in a weak one, like tonight, they scored. Marner scores. What, 30 seconds later, Connor goes and scores and makes it 2-1, to one, and now Winnipeg's back in the game. Just too much of that from Toronto. They, they get a little – tired out there and and they lose games Lucas and I think you can attest to this they lose games in 10 to 15 minutes mm-hmm. they'll have they'll play really bad for 10 to 15 minutes and lose the game right there you got to play a full 60 minutes but Luca back to your point where you you have you're saying that you need a guy to to really have a voice on that bench or in that dressing room I have a guy right here Joe Thornton I know. And, and I think that's why I GM Kyle Dubas brought him in. Even Wayne Simmons, you saw the fire in him when they were those last 30 seconds against Ottawa when he was he was tangled with the with the senators bench and he was mm-hmm. just giving it. Even though they already lost the game, you saw that fire in him and he's like, "Don't worry, we'll see you on Saturday night." And look what happened. Jack Campbell played a great game for them. The first line all three of them scored. So having those guys like veterans like Wayne Simmons Zach Bogosian, like you said, even Joe Thornton. And he Joe Thornton thinks this team can win a cup. So he's really at the end of his career, Luca. So if he can really attest to anything, he needs to put his wisdom on to the Austin Matthews, to the Mitch Marners, to the William Nylanders, and say, like, guys, I want to win this year, and I will show you the way. He's been to a Stanley Cup final. So they just need to get on Jumbo Joe's back and really just ride that experience. This is a 56-game season. You got to be good now. By the time, if you lose a couple games, by the time you're already halfway through the season and it's already out of reach, these are the games, these first couple 10, 15 games that you really need to get those wins and get up in the division because you're playing a divisional game every night. 
you're going to be mm-hmm. up and down this up and down the standings, whether you win, lose. So these games are really crucial for them. Yeah, there's no room for error. And I heard something on the broadcast the other night is every game is a four point game, not a two. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they really stuck because, yeah, you get two points against a, a division rival, but you don't also allow them to, you know, you can separate yeah. yourselves is basically what it means. So it's very important. I agree with you. And back to which, you know, you're having a conversation with your dad. It does even if it was 82 games, right? How many times have we seen teams miss the playoffs because of the row wins, uh, you know, regulation or overtime wins? Mm-hmm. It, it, it can come down to that. It can come down to a little bit of points. So, yeah, it's early in the year. Two points in September is two points in April. You're it right. doesn't change, right? So you got to win as much as you can. <laughs> and the Leafs are doing – I think they're playing well. I mean, you, you you said it. They already got 30 shots on net tonight. So I think they're doing okay. They're doing okay. So let's move off the Leafs enough with the yelling at them yeah. for one night. Uh, let's move on to more <laughs> of the NHL here. We have yep. four divisions, four newly – made divisions by the NHL. I want to get your opinion on which one do you think is the, the best division or the hardest division? Well, I think the hardest division is for sure the East. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you got Boston, the Islanders, Rangers are getting better, Pittsburgh, Washington, and Buffalo can steal a few games here and there. They got better with Taylor Hall. I just think you look at that division and you're like, okay, you can realistically see, see six teams making it out, right? You obviously – Washington, I think they got better. Boston's always going to be a threat. Pittsburgh is that veteran team you can never count out. Islanders, they went far last season. Then you have Lafreniere. How big of an impact is he going to have in 56 games? Him, Panarin, Zabinijad, they have a good core there. And then you got Buffalo, who Buffalo is always two years away from being two years away. <laughs> and <laughs> My favorite quote in all of sports. Yeah, you, bring, uh, you bring Taylor Hall in. Now you put him with Eichel, the legitimate scoring threat with him. They're supposed to be better. So everyone's getting better. New Jersey, uh, unfortunately, they're going to be at the basement for a couple yeah. <laughs> couple more four years. Four years away, been freeing four years away. Yeah, exactly. But you see, look, they they played Boston back-to-back. They lost in a shootout and beat Boston mm-hmm. on a buzzer beater. So this division is going to be tight. I think it's the hardest division in hockey. Um, and we, we're going to see that because, you know, Pittsburgh and Washington is a big rivalry. But, again, Boston is a team where you look at the Atlantic – Besides Tampa, they're usually the big boys in that. Now you're going up against all the big boys in the Metro. Mm-hmm. So now Boston has to play these elite teams. And, and I think right now it's got to be the East. Not necessarily what I've seen so far, but if you just look at it, Lucas, and you watch hockey, this has to be the hardest division. Mm-hmm. And what about those Philadelphia Flyers? That's the team. Oh, I didn't even mention. I, see, I didn't even Exactly. Mention. I was like, where, where are they? They swept yeah. two from Pittsburgh right at the start of the season. They're playing exactly. unbelievable. I know they lost mm-hmm. Sean Couturier, but I think Philadelphia could make a run as the top seed coming out of that Eastern yeah. division. Yeah. yeah, see, it's brutal. It's uh, it's hard it's, to be a Boston. Boston kind of got uh, kind of got a little jib there. Uh, they went yeah, they from second, first place in the in the Atlantic Division. Now they got to play all these top teams from the Metro. And look at Tampa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> they get to well, go Tampa, over to the Central, and they have like uh, this Stanley Minnesota. Cup champions get the <laughs> easiest division out of all of the NHL. That's uh, crazy. Listen, uh, I just can't see Tampa win again. I just can't stand them. So that's just me. It's <laughs> just the Boston fan in you. Now, yeah. moving on, we got the surprise team. And I'm going to go first here because uh, I don't want you to steal my answer. Okay. And it is those 
Ottawa Senators from the Northern Division. Okay. Okay. When throughout this offseason, I they were they weren't quiet, but no one was really talking about them. They picked up some very very decent players. Matt Murray between the pipes, he played outstanding back to back games against the Toronto Maple Leafs. You you can't argue with that. They have Evgeny Dadanoff. Tim Stutzel scored a beauty. That puck that just came down landed right on his stick. One timer past Jack Campbell. They have a really good young core and they have a chip on their shoulder. That's why that's why they scare me in that North Division is where all these critics have counted them out. And now they're like, okay, you guys don't think we're gonna win. We're just gonna take you guys to the body every single night. And they're gonna come out with a with a, a game or two like they, they did against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're just gonna outplay you. And that's where I think they're gonna be the surprise team. And they better the teams in the North Division better watch out because Ottawa could really make a splash with that young core. Brady to Chuck they have as well. Uh Thomas Shabbat on the back end is just unbelievable. So Ottawa for me is this is the surprise team. It's funny because I'm staying in the division and I like Montreal. And Listen, there's only two, three games played so far, and it's hard to judge, right, because Pittsburgh hasn't gone off to the best start. Minnesota's 2-0, and but they played L.A. and both times it's gone to overtime. So it's hard to assess, right, a team. You look at, at Montreal, man. Carey Price, he's the best goalie in the league. I don't know why there was ever a debate. He's always been the best goalie in the league. Then you have Jeff Petrie playing like a Norris candidate early in the year. Nick Suzuki, who's finally coming into his own. And Josh Anderson is looking out to be like one of the best pickups of the offseason. Yeah. This guy, what, he scored 27 goals for Columbus before last year, before he went down with an injury. They traded him for Max Domi, and he's a typical Montreal player. Bangs the pod and scores goals in the dirty areas for them. I like this team. I think they can do some – I think they can surprise some people because they just beat Edmonton, who everyone thinks Edmonton was going to win the division. It was them or Toronto. Those were like the two betting favorites. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's one game, but we're talking about the Leafs, who I think have done a pretty good job. They took them to overtime, and then they go and they beat Edmonton, and they blew about five to one. I like what I've seen so far. I know it's only two games, and this is kind of early to be seeing, you know, who's looked good and bad so far. But what I've seen from Montreal in those two games, I like where they're heading. And now for another way too early prediction, your MVP for the year. Wow. And this is a big, you got to do it right at the start of the season so we could see if we're right. Who do you think is going to be the heart winner when this season is all said and done? Listen, I, I, I'm very big. You know this. I love Nathan McKinnon. (laughs) For me, man, uh, other than, you know, McDavid and Sid, he's there. We're having a debate with someone in my class, not going to name any names, but yeah, I said mm, to him, I, I know exactly who you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, I say he was a top three player. He laughed in my face, and I don't think he's laughing anymore because he is sensational. Lucas, this guy leads one of the best teams in the NHL. Should have won the heart well, in 2017, I think, mm-hmm. when Taylor Hall brought it home. He yep. should have won that. He got robbed. Mm-hmm. Colorado, for me, is the best team in the West. They got we saw Byron. He, I didn't even know he was a draft pick up there. So I'm looking, I'm like, oh my goodness, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Him, McKinnon, Lattice got Granton, and Burkowski scores Kadri. I mean, these guys are loaded. I like Nathan McKinnon to lead them. Disappointed me last year in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. I think they're going to go farther this year. Well, you got to remember, they got their two goalie injuries. Michael Hutchison had to come in and play for them in the playoffs. So I think well, if yeah. their goalie stayed healthy, I think they could have beat 
could have been that team taking on Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup final. But you're right, Luke. I'm sticking with Nathan McKinnon. There's just something for me that when I was looking at his stats in the previous years, when I was drafting for my pools, uh, looking at his projected <laughs> stats, it just I had this feeling in my stomach where Nathan, this is going to be Nathan McKinnon's era. I don't. He's gone off to not really a rocket start like we all thought he would, but he got 56 games. He's got an amazing team. He's playing on arguably one of the best lines in hockey right now with Ranton and Landeskog and McKinnon. He's got the Colorado Avalanche are projected to be there in the Stanley Cup final. So Nathan McKinnon for me is that top player. And I think he's going to take it home with the MVP this year. I really hope so because he deserves it. Like you said, he got robbed back in 2017. Taylor Hall won it <laughs> that year and it just, it, I, it should yeah, leave a sour that's... taste in his mouth. Oh yeah, for sure. Now, I know you've been waiting to talk about this. Yes, sir. The AFC, NFC championship games. Wow. What a game last night. The Bucks and the Saints. I'm sorry. I know you're a Brady fan, but I was going for uh, Mr. Drew Brees. I know he's really on his lot. He's on his way out. We don't know. He hasn't committed to retiring right now, but what a legend. What a legendary career this guy had. Over 80,000 passing yards, 571 touchdowns, 10,000, over 10,000 completions. He's a Super Bowl champion, three-time Pro Bowler. What a career for him. And really, I'm sad to see him go. He's great for the game. He's one of the great leaders of this of this game. I, I was watching on uh, on Instagram one of his speeches he gave before the game, and it, it, it fired me up for the game because he, he knows how to get his guys going. Sadly, it didn't work out for them the – the box played unbelievable. Their defense was just really rock solid against him. And hopefully Drew Brees, we see him next year, but if he doesn't, what a career for the guy. Listen, it's coming to a point now, Lucas, where we're going to see a lot of those happen in the next mm-hmm. couple of years. And it's crazy to me because I look back and I'm like, okay, you look at, do you remember 2014 when you were doing in 2014? No, I, I, I mean, no, well, you're getting into high school. Okay. <laughs> Take in. I, I always do this when I'm watching sports. I look back. I'm like, okay, what was I doing in 2014? Take in in 2014, you know, Drew's like, what, mid 30s, Brady's mid 30s. You fast forward now. The guy, they're 43 yeah. and 42 years old. They're getting <laughs> Russell Wilson was mid 20s in that yeah. time playing in his second Super Bowl. And it's coming to a time where Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, the end of the road is near. They're closer to retiring than they are to starting a whole new year, right? So they're leaving. Russell Wilson is becoming the, the veteran of the league. He's becoming yeah. that guy, right? So it's sad to see Drew go. He's done so much, not just for the game, but for the community of New Orleans. And it really is a shame what happened to him in the offseason with everything going on. But I'm glad it all got resolved because he really is a great person. Um, I don't know the guy. Obviously, exactly. but, you know, just from watching him, we could tell you know, he's a good just person. Just from watching him, what you, what you see. I mean, he seems like a really good guy. <laughs> but I'm just going to go off as if I know him. Yeah, invite Listen, him for beers later after the show. Yeah, why not? Yeah, invite him on the show. Get on that. Get the contacts <laughs> yeah. rolling. I'll DM him. There's just no denying how great he was. One of the better quarterbacks we've seen in the league. And, and it was longevity, too, all those records you said. And, People are like, yeah, well, you know, when you play for 20 plus years, it's, it's, you know, it's easy to set records, but mm-hmm. you got to attest to him because that's amount of him knowing the playbook, getting the ball quick, not putting himself in harm's way to take sacks a lot. 
he got banged up towards the end of his career. He right? broke his thumb last year, or two years ago, I think. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, his ribs this year. But all in all, he's going to go down as one of the greatest ever. So now moving on to the games, NFC Championship. Okay. Those Tampa Bay Bucks, Tom Brady, Mr. Luka Moya, his favorite player in the league, versus those Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. I got two questions for you here just yep. to, to see where you're at. First question, who do you think is better? The Tampa Bay Bucks. do you made the Saints turn over the ball four times and then Tom Brady converted on three of those four turnovers or that high-powered Packard offense led by Devontae Adams, his unbelievable year? Which do you think is going to be the biggest factor? Is the offense of the Green Bay Packers going to take over the defense of the Bucks, or is the defense going to shut down Aaron Rodgers and his high-powered offense? Listen, I'd love to come on here and say they're going to shut Aaron Rodgers down, but the way he's playing, man, I just don't see it happening. And I'm not saying that the Bucs are going to lose, the Bucs are going to win. I'm just saying it's really hard to shut him and Devontae Adams down. They went up against mm-hmm. the best scoring defense in the league, and they tore him apart. I do think, though, Todd Bowles and the defense, they have to come up with a plan because you saw the Rams, they didn't take away anything. Not only yeah. did they take not take away Devontae Adams, they didn't take away that run game. And 189 yards on the ground. You want to give Aaron Rodgers even more to work with in the play-action game? Good night. Go to sleep and don't show up until next year because that's exactly what happened. Those are the most amount of yards on the ground Aaron Rodgers has been able to play behind in his entire career in the postseason. You are asking to be put in a coffin if you do that. I think the Bucs have a pretty good idea what they got to do. Do not go into this week and say, Let's shut down Devontae Adams because it can't be done. It just really – it can't be done. You, you cannot shut him down, him or Aaron Rodgers. It just can't be done. I'm sorry. I know they did a good job with him. First time they met, but he was also coming off of an injury. This is a different team now. Both teams are different than the first time they met up. Don't do that. You need to stop the run. You cannot give this team uh, three ways to beat you, play action, run, and pass. It, it, it's just not going to happen. you got to shut down that run and just <laughs> – Take your chances on offense with Brady to outscore them because you ain't stopping number 17 and 12. So you think this game's going to be a straight shootout? They're going to go back and forth, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and that's only the way you think the Bucs can win is if they outscore, outscore the Green Bay Packers. I, I just think it's going to be amount of what team – takes advantage of not only mistakes, but takes advantage of mm-hmm. big play opportunities, who doesn't commit – the most penalties and yeah yeah i'm just saying this of course that's the recipe for success for every football game when it comes down to the red zone can you force field goals instead of touchdowns that's what happened with cleveland Mm -hmm. and the steelers and that's why cleveland blew them out that's what happened against the bucks and the saints last night turned over the ball got into the red zone saints were kicking field goals tom brady and the offense were cashing them in and that was the end of the game so yeah you just you can't stop Devontae Adams, but when it comes twenty yards to your end zone, you better you better triple team him because <laughs> you do not want to give him easy slants or outs to get in there and put seven on the board. So now something that can affect the offense. They're playing at Lambeau Field this weekend. And we know Green Bay at this time of year is, is not so pretty. I don't think the sun's gonna be shining. I think it might be no. a little chilly out there. Do you think Tom Brady can handle that weather? I think he can. Um, I know he's Aaron played Rogers. in Foxborough. Yeah. He's played in Boston. I'm not, I'm not saying like that. that's a, a hot place like Miami. Tom Brady's played his fair share of games uh, in cold weather, in the snow, and the rain. But like Lambeau mm-hmm. Field's a whole different animal, especially Green Bay, Wisconsin, where it gets pretty cold down there. It, it gets cold, and you know, it gets cold, it snows. 
And mm-hmm. Rogers, Rogers seems to play better in the snow. I don't know how that's possible, <laughs> but he just plays he's played in Green in Bay snow. his whole career. He's yeah, gotten used I, to it. I don't think it's going to be too uh, big of an issue. Um, if anything, I think you know you go in there the way they ran the ball, Lucas against the Saints, it might help them. You cannot make Brady drop back what, yeah. 40, 50 times to win the game if they can run the football and make easy reads for Tom. I think it'll be better. But no, I, I think he's okay. He's played in the cold weather before. Remember the snow game um, in, in the early 2000s? He pulled yep. that one out, you know, tuck rule and all. Yeah, but he still won the game. And <laughs> <laughs> listen, it's TV 12, baby. It's TV 12. I don't think weather is going to be a huge problem. If they lose this game, it's not going to be because of the snow. Just make sure they check the PSI on those balls before uh, yeah, okay, the game gets okay. underway. On to the AFC Championship. We have the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions, taking on the Buffalo Bills. And I wanted to ask you, we were going to do the show last week, but it got postponed to now. But uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were really – nobody was really talking about them heading into these playoffs. They were really quiet. Like, I know they were the top team, obviously, in the NFL, but no one was really, like, talking – it was always Green Bay, these Buffalo Bills – the Ravens as well. The, the Browns really stole the headlines after they beat the Steelers. And now the Kansas City Chiefs are top of the headlines because they lost Patrick Mahomes with a concussion, potential concussion. He had to take concussion mm-hmm. protocol. So my question is to you, is Kansas City still a threat to the Buffalo Bills without Patrick Mahomes behind oh, center? Absolutely not. I mean, you think on. it's going to be – if Patrick Mahomes does not play or plays limited, play. you don't think he's going to play? No, he plays limited. They still have a chance because that's how good They still have is. a chance. He, but if he doesn't play at all he doesn't play and at Chad Heine comes in, Mr. Hennessy comes in, yeah, no, it's they over. have no chance. No, it's, it's over. Buffalo's going to win. And I'm not saying, you know, this. listen – Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I know. I just, it's a, you got to ask the question. 15's not on the field. This team is a board, not board. I shouldn't say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to say it. Borderline playoff team. Really? They With Tyree Kill, Yo, Travis Kelsey. No, what good is that if you can't throw the ball? Right? Like, they're great. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You can throw as many screen passes as you want to make Kill take it to, but when it comes down to it in the playoffs, Lucas, these games are going to be tight. And if you're going to run a two-minute drill with Chad Henney, it might work against the Browns. Okay? It might work against the Browns. I'll tell you right now, there ain't no way Buffalo is going to let that happen. Buffalo's going to plan for Mahomes. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. going to play. Uh, if he has a concussion, if he's not, I heard he just tweaked something in his neck. That's mm-hmm. why he couldn't go and all of his tests came back. Look at the convenience of that. Hey, oh, I just took something on my neck. Yeah, bro, you couldn't stand or do anything. I don't and know. He didn't look back. like he was there after that hit. I watched the hit, and when they stood no. him up and did the close-up, he was not with us <laughs> off the field. He was <laughs> no, not but there. He's gonna so. play. He, he'll play. I don't think he should play, but I think he will play. Again, I'm not a doctor here. I don't know really what nerve got hit <laughs> like that. Right? I'm not going to come on here and say – Oh, Mahomes, I didn't check out the guy's head, okay? Yeah. But from what I saw and from what the whole world saw, the guy should be out of football for a year. He's going to be Sid 2.0 over here yeah. if he goes back next week and gets rocked again. Then you're going to have some serious problems. Next year, you're going to have to rebuild, draft, maybe trade for Trevor yeah, Lawrence. $500 million dollar man is going to be out, yeah. uh, out of commission. No, but I, I just think Buffalo is a good enough team. I think they have a chance with Mahomes. 
I don't think they'll win, but I think they have a chance with Mahomes. Uh, or sorry, I think Buffalo has a chance to beat the mm-hmm. Chiefs with Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll win. But if Mahomes is out, it's over. And Buffalo's going to the Super Bowl. Never thought I'd, I'd say that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it come on. I mean, Josh Allen's playing at an elite level. What more is there to say, man? What, really? What, yeah, what they more got is Stephon there to Diggs say? as well. Stephon so. Diggs, Josh Allen, that defense is playing good. I just don't really – listen, the Chiefs have a chance of going back-to-back for the first time since the Pats in 2003-2004. I'd like it to stay that way, personally. If you ask me, I'd like them to stay that way. So, go Bills. Bills Mafia, baby. Pull out the <laughs> Bills Mafia, table. baby. Folding tables all day here at my house. I'm about to jump If the Bills win, Luca, you got to go through a folding table. Done. Done. All right, you said it here. He's go going Mahomes. through a folding now, table, now ladies that and bet's gentlemen. On the table, now that the bet's on the table, go 15. I am a doctor. You're healthy. <laughs> you're good. 15. You're good. You're good to go. All right. As we wrap up our uh, first ever L2 Sports podcast here, give us your two picks and the score for the both NFC and AFC championship games. Well, with Mahomes, it's going to be high scoring, I think. I'm going to go uh, Chiefs 34 to 30. Mm-hmm. And for the Green Bay and the and the Bucks game, I'm going with my heart. I'm not going with my gut. I'm not going with my head. I'm going with my guy. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Even if I think it's going to be extremely tough to beat, I'm going to go Bucks, uh, 31 to 28. Wow. Okay. I'm going Buffalo, 31-28 over Kansas City because I do not think Patrick Mahomes is going to play. And oh, then wow. okay. Aaron Rodgers is taking going to the Super Bowl as he beats the Bucks. Let's say. 34 to 21. Wow. I think it's going to be a blow. That offense is, is too dynamic. And I know this is where it was kind of off for me is the Bucks could, uh, made four turnovers against the saints, but that was drew Brees on his last leg. Didn't really play that well, but against Aaron Rodgers, and he's going on all cylinders. I think it might be a blowout for the green Bay Packers. All right. Prove him wrong, Tom. Prove him wrong, Tom. It's not the first time he's had to prove people wrong. It's okay. (laughs) We're good. We're we're good. good. All right. All right. You think he believes in Tom Brady? Yeah, we're good. The city of Tampa, baby. We're ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that ever again. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the first ever L2 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Cretelli. For Luca Moya, thank you very much. Follow us on Instagram at L2Sports. Give us your suggestions on what you want us to talk about. We're going to try to get each podcast out every single week. I don't know what day, but we're going to try to get it out uh, for you every single week. So thank you very much and uh, have a great day. Go Packers.